Shalom, shitlords. It's me, CryptoBeak. It's episode 92 of Crypto Weekly. Andrew Neal thoroughly destroyed Nicola Sturgeon this week. If you haven't already, I suggest you watch the interview. Do it now, listener. What about our international listeners that don't give a shit about that? It's still interesting to look at Andrew Neal because his head comes directly out of the middle of his chest. <laughs> I mean, you, I feel like you've sold the shit out of that. Yeah. But also, uh, he also did wreck... Um, Is that uh, Ben Shapiro? Ben Shapiro, yeah. Um, Gen- ben Shapiro. He made him leave, didn't he? Yeah. From he, just uh, asking some reasonable questions. Shapiro yeah. had an absolute shit fit live on yeah. it. It was yeah. hilarious. <laughs> it was beautiful. It couldn't have happened to a better man. This week in the crypto news, though... Binance allegedly has their China office raided. Backed volume is starting to heat up. And Bitfinex and Tether suffer another class action lawsuit. All this and more on this week's Crypto Weekly. If you enjoy the show, head on over to patreon.com slash crypto weekly and help support the show by signing up for one of the glorious tiers you see before you upon visiting that website. I'm joined in the studio by the Jordy Prince to my left. Hello. What are you supping on, friend? Ken, we've got big developments coming out of BrewDog this week. (laughs) As the number one beverage of Crypto Weekly, it is truly my honour and pleasure to introduce our listener and the wider world to a BrewDog Cybernaut New Wave Session IPA. Coming in a beautiful turquoise fade can it is aesthetic af can and doesn't taste off bad either <laughs> dr p money in the house because we're in his house howdy yeah uh it's great to have you here guys um apologies for the audio this week uh i am going to be investing some of our patreon money in some more audio equipment to make it sound better for next week mr crypto beak bonjour can the buble could not be with us this evening because he is too tired from working too hard oh i am your host crypto ken though without further ado it's time for the news huge news this week coming out of the east as binance allegedly has their office in china raided and the block crypto gets into a spot of bother over reporting this story. I think the crypto beak has done a bit of reading on this one. It's been very heated on crypto Twitter this week over this can. So I'm just going to tell you the facts. If you first outline of all. the events, big guy. Yeah. So the Binance Shanghai quote unquote office was apparently visited by officials sometime in the last month or so. On the 20th of November, CZ, CEO of Binance for the noobs, tweeted about how old school offices were. We don't want a physical office. We want everyone to work remotely. It's pretty lame to have an office. 21st of November, The Block reported that Binance's Shanghai office uh, had been shut down in a police raid. Keywords, police raid. CZ replied furiously the Binance didn't even have an office in Shanghai hadn't had one since 2017 and there was no police raid the block though 
didn't back down, stuck to their story, basically called CZ a bloody liar, and said that Binance had, in fact, not one, but two officers in Shanghai. Uh, and it may not have been exactly a quote-unquote raid, but officials had visited there, which resulted in the quote-unquote office closing down. They had a big disagreement on the, the semantics of office. <laughs> that was discussed at great length with... We'll come to that later. But that was a key point, what an office was, which is pretty painful. Uh, Dovey Wan reignited the war with her mortal enemy, Celia Wan. Old time Celia. Team Celia. Who writes for the block. Dovey... Uh, <laughs> basically Dovey had got criticised as listeners will know last week by Celia for misinterpreting or misleading people about the China fudding crypto story Celia went off on her Dovey was all like oh bro I was just using Chinese memes if you don't even know Chinese memes get the fuck out of here well this week she's turned the tables she said that Celia was misleading people over this Chinese news uh, she pretty much called it all fake news and she said that the office quote unquote office was a customer service team that was where they worked out of it wasn't binance it was an outsourced customer service team which binance maybe had acquired this company or invested in it but it wasn't binance not sure whether it was an office or not dovey didn't talk about that but she went after Celia. Celia didn't back down. They're still looking to clash at WrestleMania. <laughs> I'm looking forward to it. All employees that were using this office or just a building where they hung out in who knows, <laughs> uh, they were no longer there as of the 22nd of November when allegedly a Chinese crypto news site went to check it out. It was all shut down, no one there. CZ has since said he's going to sue the block and claims it's fake news and also claims that this made Bitcoin dump. Hmm. Reporting that the Chinese authorities had raided the Binance officers and apparently some people reporting that other exchanges officers in Shanghai had been raided as well. CZ blamed the huge Bitcoin dump for this and said he was going after the block. The block since have backed down over the use of the phrase police raid. They're now saying something like officials shut it down or they've checked. Basically, they've moved away from the phrase police raid, which they've conceded. They're not really sure it was a police raid. But they're largely standing by the story, saying that that office balance had an office there, which has been shut down by Chinese authorities, but not necessarily in like a proper raid. Box Mining says that exchanges were raided around this time, but in Shenzhen, not in Shanghai. And Binance and Bytham, for what it's worth, who people were also speculating on, neither of those were among the officers raided, but some officers were raided in the Shenzhen district area of China. So this is still ongoing. We don't know whether CZ's really going to pull the Sue trigger on the block. All the blocks guys basically wanted to talk off record 
and were saying stuff like CZ had given talks in that office. There were hundreds of employees in there and it was an office. CZ just said it's some place and they work remotely. Uh, but it seems like the the bit the block really did fuck up on was saying it was a police raid, which makes most people think of like the police kicking in the doors and like taking all the stuff, etc. When it sounds like potentially officials spoke to Binance ahead of time and said, it's time to shut this down, and they did. But for his part, CZ claimed that they'd never had, they hadn't had an office there in two plus years. But it seems like they had something that quite closely resembled an office, and they no longer have it. I think the most important thing to take away from this that we're going to deep dive into is the definition of office. Mm. That's what I'm interested in. Yeah, well... What are the semantics around this? So, neither side really went into the semantics. CZ just said it's we're arguing about semantics or something like that. But what he seems to be suggesting is that some Binance people may have worked out of there, but it was like a shared space, seems to be what he was saying. What Dovey Wan is saying is that it's a company that Binance had acquired or invested in worked out there but not Binance, a team that handled customer service or something. What the Block and Celia Wan are saying is that it was, an, it, uh, it was for all intents and purposes, it's an office. I mean, people, hundreds of people who worked for Binance worked out the office on Binance stuff. CZ had given all hands meetings from there, etc. So we're arguing over that. And they showed loads of pictures, but the pictures didn't show any. It could like there was nothing to suggest that it was a Binance office. It was just an office with Chinese people in it. All their sources were off the record because they didn't want to feel the wrath of the mighty CZ. But this did come after a week after. Remember we spoke last week about China banhammering the shit out of Binance on whatever that thing is called Chinese Twitter. Weibo. Yeah, that little bastard. So, it does seem like Binance has been under a bit of pressure from China, the, but the block seem like they've used some of the perhaps uh, exaggerated language they can't really back up. So, we'll see where this one goes. Can we speculate uh, as to why the Chinese government might be interested in, in hassling CZ? Uh, so people were saying, I believe, last week that they didn't like that Binance was allowing people to buy crypto with Yuan, I believe. With what? Yuan. <laughs> I know how to pronounce it now, P-Money. Don't fuck with me. <laughs> but yeah, offering, basically offering crypto services from fiat to Chinese people okay. in China so people were saying i mean obviously yeah. i don't really know but that's the rumor around it was that that's why uh they're under pressure but i think the we weibo is that what it's called weibo i think their official statement was that uh they banned binance and a couple of other exchanges for not complying with regulations or something so i don't think there's an explicit reason okay. but it seems to be around china is basically trying to crack down on the scams and these crypto exchanges in Shenzhen, loads of crypto exchanges, like thirty apparently, were like raided and shut down. Whether they were raided or whether they were officers, not hundred percent sure. But it seems like 
on record loads of exchanges in Shenzhen were shut down, but doesn't seem like any in Shanghai were explicitly like raided and the doors weren't kicked in. We got tweeted at this week. I'm I just... hate it when people tweet this shit at us. That Don't is... tweet us about some new crypto. They're all shit. I want to ask if anyone knows what this is. Jessiv commented on episode 61, FTM will be the next Neo. Phantom, innit? Is that Phantom? Oh, it is. Let's have a look. Phantom will be the next Neo, big guy. Yeah, so that's been being shielded on Biz quite a lot, Phantom. They're all over it. It hasn't really got... It's been shielded on Biz a lot. It hasn't got to... Obviously not got to link proportions or quant proportions. <laughs> I don't think it's gained a lot of traction, but I've seen a lot of people on Biz trying to shield Phantom. Some uh, DAG crypto that's going to... Everything's really fast and that. It'll be great. We'll move on to Backed, whose bags are getting a little lighter recently, it seems. Their volume is starting to heat up after the pathetic levels they were sat at when they first released. I think they're up to about 2,000 contracts a day, something like that-ish. Well, so when they first started, I think the first day they had like 700,000 USD, something like that. We were all bitterly disappointed. And everyone was like, back, they fucked it. Oh, pointless, it's never going to pump our bags, etc., etc." Stayed around a million. Uh, it rarely went over a million for until early this, maybe mid this month, actually. But slowly been creeping up since then. And the last two days since Bitcoin's dumped really hard, been doing 20 million USD. So not even, it's not like the price going down has increased the number of contracts. They're up to like 20 plus times the volume they were doing a month ago. In, in dollars. In dollars, yeah. In fiat terms. So backed, while still far from being the biggest exchange, is now get, starting to get a bit of volume going. And I mean, obviously it indicates that institutions are looking to trade crypto at this point. But before everyone goes absolutely all in Bitcoin, I did laugh when I was reading the reading this article and it was like, oh yeah, back volume uh, up over 100% following uh, declines in the price of Bitcoin. I was like, oh, everyone's buying the, everyone's buying the dip. It's like comma, um, which is believed to be as a result of higher short interest in bitcoin yeah so exactly. you remember the volume that, traded yeah it's remember that you can obviously go long or short a futures contract so this isn't necessarily the institutions piling in long bitcoin but 20 million volume is far for it's far from the biggest like binance was regularly doing a billion a day in volume but it is quite it's quite reasonable and it does seem to show that some institutional money is comfortable using backed yeah. and trading Bitcoin, well, admittedly, potentially short. But nonetheless, they're, they're using Bitcoin as a tradable asset or instrument, at least. Would the people trading this be trading it on a, on a short term, like a high frequency style basis? Or are these, are these longer term trading decisions? Yeah, I mean, we don't. We don't really know. The, you can trade a daily contract, I believe. Or, right. I mean, there's a variety of contracts you can trade, but obviously you'll be able to buy and sell them at 
whatever period you like. But I guess my point being that we wouldn't see the volumes that we see on other markets because people on Binance, for example, are trading high in a high frequency fashion. Yeah. Um, and so, although twenty million is a low number, if your turnaround time is a day between trades, oh, yeah. then twenty million probably isn't like relatively speaking, maybe isn't that bad. I don't, I, I don't know. I'm just speculating, but that would seem. Yeah, I'd imagine they'd be able to trade at the same frequency as they could on Binance. Okay. Whether I don't know what, obviously, if that's what they're doing or what the motivation is for trading it, but okay. the number has increased a lot over the last month or so. And Bact, I believe, have just recently announced that they're going to bring out their cash settled futures as well, I believe. So I think they currently have their contract is physically settled, isn't it? Which means that if you were stuck short of futures at expiry, then you would have to send Bitcoin to the long party at that time. And I think that if we're like one of the things that could boost demand is if getting exposure long or short to Bitcoin didn't um, have the potential to lock you into delivering it at the end of the contract. So I do think that's another positive thing for back going forward. And I think, I believe it was the 9th of December they're, they're planning to roll that out. So that's another time, I think, to keep, to probably check back in and see what impact, if any, that has on volume as well. Yeah, CME have seen quite a lot of success with their cash settled Bitcoin mm. futures. Yeah. So yeah, you'd think it would be more success for backed. So th they haven't fucked it yet. I think they're still way below a lot of people's expectations, but it's improving. If you were to see um, a 10x increase in the Bitcoin price, do you think you'd see a proportional increase in backed adoption? Yeah, I think you would. Because yeah. I think obviously it would increase the profile of Bitcoin. I also think a lot of institutional guys really wanted to find a way to short it during the pre or every mm. bull run, basically. There's a lot of those kind of institutional guys who think Bitcoin is complete trash and have spoken, like loads of them have spoken at length how they would short Bitcoin or want to be on the other side of a Bitcoin trade. And now they have a an instrument with which they could do that. So okay. if it got to like 100K, say, yeah. I could imagine a lot of them probably would be interested in opening short positions. And presumably there would be more interest from their clients in opening long positions if it's all over the TV again, being like, well, look at all these Bitcoin billionaires. You'd imagine that's <laughs> like the best advertisement you can get, right? Yeah. Tell you has been trading their own market. That is potentially Bitfinex. Smooth. as a class action lawsuit has been brought against them to suggest they've been using Tether to manipulate the Bitcoin market. Another one, Ken? I believe this has happened before. And or I believe it'll happen again, Ken. <laughs> I think you've hit the nail on the head there, Mr. Prince. As long as Bitfinex are associated with Tether, these claims will come to their doorstep. Yeah, I think everyone's about ready to... Um, hear some uh, resolution on this finally which we've, i don't think we've will been happen. trying to hear some of that for two plus three years <laughs> now haven't we yeah but well i mean that on what do you mean whether you mean whether tether is a scam or 
specifically yeah, or whether on whether going to get in trouble for something. Okay. Or oh, for anything or yeah, just whether okay. whether this thing whether regulators are actually going to do anything. They've subpoenaed uh, the tether people like this January, I think it was coming up to a year ago. Yeah. They seem to. They constantly seem to be on the brink of being in trouble, mm. but the, no one's quite been able to pin them for anything yet. Although maybe these things just take a long time. Yeah. So I mean, uh, well, what's interesting about this, I guess, is these are obviously privately brought um, suitcases, and this is, from my understanding, a different party suing Tether along extremely similar similar lines than than they are already being sued by um, a different private party we discussed not even that long ago, maybe, maybe a month, a month ago. Yeah, something like yeah. that. So, uh, yeah, from what I can see, the they're, they're at least in like layman's terms, in like legally they might be very different, but both, both suits are alleging that there is a connection between um, Tether and, or, or minting of new Tether and the artificial escalation of bit the bitcoin price that's the key tenant in both of these and that's the claim that tether is defending obviously in both so yeah i guess that it sounds like private parties have been some private parties have been their patience at least has been exhausted in the sense that they aren't going to wait for regulators they're going to go and take their own shot at tether and i think that we might see resolution in the in these cases quicker than we'll see regulators act that said tether did come out uh, and give a very strong response to news like the news of this suit when it broke and they said that there will never be resolution met with the people that are suing them there will never be any settlement with these people no surrender no retreat exactly it, they've gone full death before dishonor <laughs> on this one uh they basically said they will either they and they fully expect to be completely exonerated in a court of law it was like it was no half measures from tether's statement which i found interesting we um, are ballsy fuckers you gotta give them that 100 100 percent. so yeah i think it's but it, it is weird that um it's it's like this how similar the two suits are does seem weird to me again like i'm sure like <laughs> better legal minds than mine and by that i mean any legal mind <laughs> could probably see vast differences between these suits but as i say in layman's terms they look extremely similar we need to get Young Law on it, because I feel like it might be a good little scam if you wait until someone brings a case, then you just sort of copy what they've said, and you bring a case, Then if they get found guilty in the first one, you can just use all the same evidence, get found guilty in the second one, for these class action things. Sure, young Laura will be able to tell us whether that's something we want but, to get into. But what if they get exonerated in the first one? Then just cancel it. Be like, don't worry about it, mate. It's can right. you do that? I don't know. That's... Yeah, no, I think you probably you can just withdraw your yeah. suit or whatever. But they, you might open yourself up to counter suit. <laughs> I that guess would true. be. But could Tether even be bothered to sue like Crypto Weekly LLC? <laughs> I mean, I don't think we'd get together a lot of defendants in Tether's, <laughs> but. Yeah, I feel like they're way... Having all the shit we've said about Tether, they're way more likely to sue us than the other way around. So. Let's hope one of these fuckers wins so they haven't got the money to come after yeah, us. Just, That's why I, I was so careful in the Block and Binance chat. Yeah. Because there seems to be a lot of talk about suing going around. Yeah, yeah. 
And that, although Young Law would batter them, he would. We don't want to ruin his fists like that. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> I, that said, though, we've actually think come to think about it, we were pretty early defenders of Tether from a lot of the FUD that initially came out. The one they just said it's a scam. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I don't know. Maybe, uh, maybe we'd be um, let off on good behaviour or something. You don't. So. <laughs> How reasonable is it to think that? Bitfinex are using Tether to manipulate Bitcoin markets. So one of the central parts of this suit, and I believe the previous one, is this study that came out. So these academics somewhere, I forget which university, some American university, some boffins in there were like... We've we covered that at length as yeah, well before. We've had, a look at, we've had a look at the data and what we found may surprise you, whatever the meme is. Though they allege that they found a correlation, I believe, between... Um, production or like new minting of new tether during a declining bitcoin price and a later recovery in that price like a a stop in the decline and then a recovery in the bitcoin price but i i haven't i haven't read the full 40 page report whatever but the obvious like criticisms came out and said that well maybe people just wanted to buy more because the price was lower so and maybe they made their purchases through Tether. It seemed like far from a slam dunk indictment of Tether when I when I the the things I did read about it. And I also know that Tether have come out with an equally strong rebuttal of their own in in response to that. So it but it remains to be seen uh which side of that fence the court comes down on, obviously. Thank you, Mr. Prince. You're welcome, Ken. That's all the news we have for you this week, listener. It's time to move on. To Beaks Market Watch. Let me just take a quick look at Coin Paprika. Spicy. You're not using Coin Market Cap anymore. No, long gone. They're blown out the water by Coin Paprika with their superior name. <laughs> so it's been another classic red, 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 red re week for crypto, and basically everything has got pummeled. Bitcoin dipped below 7k to around 6.5k, but it's recovered a bit at the time of recording. It's around 7.1k now. And the usual uh, slew of tales were brought out to explain the dump, including, but not limited to, China, specifically them (laughs) reportedly going after some exchanges, Matak season. The very entertaining theory that Americans deliberately dump the price of Bitcoin right before the end of the year, pump it afterwards so they don't have to pay much tax on it. Yeah, fascinating one. The usual variety of meme triangles and other technical analysis indicates that a bunch of bird brains rabbit on about any given opportunity. Um, Obviously, the Binance thing. Uh, But the one that seems most likely is... The whale that dumped thousands of Bitcoin on Huobi, who incidentally people think is connected to the OnePlus scam that we spoke about a while back. Uh, And some people are saying they managed to, this person or this group, managed to almost single-handedly dump Bitcoin through 7K a few days ago. But really, who the fuck knows? One thing we know for sure is the ropes are around on X. <laughs> Obviously, with Bitcoin crashing pretty much, everything also got twatted to. ETH lost 17%, XRP 30%. Everything in the top 10 pretty much lost a similar amount, apart from 
Bitcoin Satoshi's vision. Using the vision of Nakamoto, they only lost 2%. Hold tight, the real Satoshi. Uh, BNB only lost 17% despite this whole scandal. Uh, Although news that Binance acquired one of the biggest, maybe the biggest Indian crypto exchange and can now take fiat in Indian rupees. Pretty big news. They're open to a huge market there. Uh, But yeah, lost 17%, pretty much in line with everything else, but not too bad considering apparently their Shanghai office got kicked in by the riot squad. Uh, (laughs) Augur managed to pretty much break even. We've been keeping our eye on it leading up to the political uh, markets that are going to come out for the election next year. Uh, Gained about 1% this week. Volume hasn't really gone up at all. It's definitely not exploding going into the variety of political markets. But it's also not going down. Uh, The biggest market right now is the UK general election. But that's only got about 50k wagered on it. But we're still three weeks out, I think, till the general election, something like that, Ken. 12th of December, isn't Mm. it? So yeah, we're still a, a few weeks out from that. So it'll be interesting to see whether the volume in that market ramps up as the election gets closer. Obviously, it's not going to be as big as the American uh, political betting, but it'll be good to see how much volume they have there, especially compared to the more traditional uh, markets like Betfair. Uh, One group of cryptos actually did do well, and that was the Binance IEOs. So IEOs, ICOs, apart from they released on exchange, Binance did a fucking load of them earlier this year, pumped the shit out of the price of BNB, she needed BNB to buy into them. Since then, they've got pretty badly crushed. They they all basically mooned straight away, then got crushed. But Matic was one of the biggest ones, and that's up over 40% this week. A few of their other meme IEOs, such as Fetch and Harmony, also gained while basically everything else has been obliterated. Seems weird, especially while Binance is getting slated. Uh, but Binance do have another launchpad thing coming out. So whether that's reminded everyone of these shit coins or whether the Indians are trying to put all their rupees into IEOs, I don't know. But I definitely wouldn't FOMO in on it. We'll be keeping our eye on it for next week when the new launchpad goes live. Okay, that's all from me in the studio, Ken. Over to you, also in the studio. Thank you for the update, big guy. To put some numbers on that, Matic's network has increased 55% in the past month. Pretty nuts, though. Uh, So, I was hoping to bring back a very old segment. Really old segment. Oh, I think I know which one I'm nervous. One that we've got uh, an actual jingle for. Which is that? Oh, it's this Burns I, unit. Hopefully, it's Burns unit. Yes. Oh, amazing. Yeah. My favourite. <laughs> nice. The best segment we've ever had. Serious. <laughs> and uh, I'd like to. I'd like to read out a tweet that we one of us received this week. Is it from Mark? It is from Mark. Yes. yes. <laughs> can we have a, a? Can we leave room for the jingle though? Because that's yes. a sick jingle. Yeah, Are we yeah. going to be able to get that in? I'm going to put the jingle in right here. All nurses to the nurses station. So. Uh, it appears that somebody created a Twitter account specifically to send this tweet. <laughs> and it's from Mark 90502245. I feel like I'm doing Georgie Prince's job. <laughs> uh, it says, at CryptoBeak, 
Remember when you shield OMG and XLM so hard in 2018, you thought you were legit going to live up to your self-proclaimed 256 <laughs> IQ wisdom, which you pulled from the back blocks of completely nowhere? <laughs> at Dr. P Money, at Crypto Ken Can. How did it go? Hashtag fucking twat. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't remember that all, Mark. <laughs> He's actually tweeted you twice, I believe. Yeah, I did. When you said, did you make this account just to tweet at Beak? I found out he'd gone after me and a select few others. There's like two other people he's tweeted a few times, but... I'm Sorry, Mark. Just be thankful you didn't buy Ethos. That's all I'm, <laughs> <laughs> I'm more interested in the the names he left out of the list. I feel like he might be a Prince super fan. He might be. He's like always <laughs> arguing with the Prince. You fucking dickhead. <laughs> but yeah, the 256 IQ thing did make me. It gave me a wry smile. <laughs> So I don't think any human on record's ever had 256 IQ. Apart from the beak. Mm. Yeah. So for the record fans, <laughs> I think I'm right around Einstein levels at 160 in reality. 256 is just a bit of a josh, you know. Uh, can we talk about our Mexican friend? Yeah. Is that yeah. something we might want to talk about in the Burns unit? A legitimate friend now as well. What happened here? <laughs> wow. We had, you know, Crypto Weekly, we sometimes... We sometimes get some constructive criticism. Okay. And uh, sometimes that constructive criticism goes towards geopolitical areas. Yeah, and our, our Mexican friend who messaged yourself and Ken, I believe. Yeah. About a slip of the tongue from Ken. Ooh. Oh, shitholes. Well, Ken. Uh, still... No, no. He's no, no, that's what he said. That's should, what he we, said. should we read the t- for the okay. listener who <laughs> haven't been involved in this conversation uh, before? Maybe we can refresh. Their memory. I'm sure they follow should, everything you say. Uh, so, at this point, should I play the actual uh, audio of what happened? Yes. yes. Okay, fine. If you can be fucked. Yes, don't feel no, like okay, you've got no, who. No, okay, so here's what happened. Oh, it's rough doing it on, like, having a recording of it and being hung out to dry by B-Money. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> so, so, here's what happened. I have been using Ripple's payment solution on-demand liquidity, a.k.a. ODL, uh, for 10% of all their Mexico-USA transfers, which would fit in with your hypothesis of people sending money back to their family. Back to the hellhole they came from. Whoa. And, uh, and so, Ken, you're going to read out what the tweet uh, said. I have it in front of me. Okay. From... Antonito Alex. I, wow. Did you just do a little Mexican accent for the <laughs> oh, fella? Dude. To prove that you... <laughs> he said... Oh, at Brewdog. El at Crypto Brewdog, Cane. At Brewdog James. At Mexico. <laughs> <laughs> at Crypto Weekly Pod. Hey, Brewdog. How can you be sponsoring a podcast where the host says that Mexicans send cryptocurrency... Open quotes. Back to the shithole they came from. <laughs> close quotes. That is Epis- awful. Cat. Episode ninety, four minute twenty two. Hashtag racism. <laughs> okay, in his defence, he wasn't that far off. I mean, he completely nailed it. Didn't he? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, there's a couple of things I've got an issue okay, with. Okay, let's see. Uh, first, I'm going to lead with the timestamp is a bit wrong. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. I think he's about five seconds early. My second issue I have with that is that I did not say that Mexico was a shithole. What did you say? I referred to it as a hellhole. 
Ah, okay. And I will stop referring to it as such when uh, literal cartels stop licking people down in the street over there. So what you're saying is that we all need to help. We all need to maybe see what we can do to help Mexico out of the troubles it's in. Maybe... I think maybe we could start by stopping a brain drain away from Mexico. So what you'd probably do is you'd probably give your share, some of your share of the profits from Crypto Weekly to help Mexico fight the the narco wars that are going on. To stop it becoming such a hellhole, as you so eloquently put it, Ken. Sure, big guy. <laughs> Implying that Crypto Weekly yeah. runs at a profit. <laughs> How would you feel, Ken, hmm? if a Mexican podcast called... Uh, England hell. Yeah, but uh, I feel like you like largely agree. Yeah. yeah, you'd be furious, Cad. It depends where they're calling. No, a they're saying England the, a hellhole. Uh, England as a whole. I mean, it's turning that way, isn't it? Ah, come on. Would you? You would but, flip your shit if but, you were called you know, the Queen's like, country hell. <laughs> but I feel like Ken would not. Wouldn't tweet at their sponsor like a little bitch. He'd, he'd go back to the same person and be like, what are you doing on the 19th of November when I have my next white-collar boxing match? I mean, I'll see you there, big man. the Mexicans, risky. Yeah. But maybe you could be like, at Juarez Cartel. <laughs> I'm surprised... <laughs> surprised you're funding this Twitter account. Yeah. Surprised you employ the likes of Antonio, whoever, on Twitter. But actually, we've had a... You had a chat with him, you guys... P-Money smooth things over. So despite the fact that you <laughs> admitting to calling Mexico a hellhole, everything went all right? Yeah. I, I pointed out the fact I'd actually refer to it as a hellhole, not a shithole. Hashtag fake news, I said. Okay. <laughs> and that went down well somehow? I think it, no, was, ig- I, I it think, was ignored. I think, I think my, my bit of, of explaining that often what we say is not entirely serious was, ah, like was, was what, was what, um, was, was what won them over. They also what, that, won them that, over, you say? <laughs> oh, God. Nice. I'm, I'm hearing an angrily typed email yeah. and sent to Brewdog. Yeah, that, also, <laughs> that, was, that was a good cut. That also uh, caused trouble with 256 IQ. Yeah. And me recommended to buy Omise Go. Can't see irony. No. Also... <laughs> <laughs> I mean, since we're once again shitting on Mexico, I thought I'd heard <laughs> this, this during the week. This shouldn't turn into a... Oh, we got criticised. Sorry, you're absolutely right. We're just describing Mexico. We doubled down. <laughs> I thought I heard this this week. So we're going to have a little impromptu Scoville Corner here. I've got some... Yes! I've actually got something huge for Scoville Corner. Okay, all right. Well, hold hold tight. Um, <laughs> this is from... Uh, this is the headline from... Um, the conservativereview.com. If you don't like that source, I encourage you to Google this and fact check it as much as you like. Uh, this came out very, very, very recent piece. This Mexican government admits 80% of its populated territory is run by cartels, including key border areas. As of last year, the Taliban controlled or contested 46% of the districts in Afghanistan's civil war. That was enough justification for us to keep our military perpetually engaged there in combat. What if you were told that 80% of Mexico's territory is controlled by dangerous cartels, including all of the key smuggling routes at the border, and that cartels are orchestrating all of the illegal immigration into our territory and bringing their members back and forth across their own border? Maybe it would be... I feel like it would be remiss of us to describe um, the situation in Mexico like some absolute utopia 
when the reality is a bit different from that. So yeah. maybe if anything, we're doing we, we 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 refuse to do the disservice to the to the fine Mexican people that is required by the politically correct minions like this Antonio dude on Twitter. Hold loose. And even in the non-cartel controlled areas, everyone's fucking obese. What? America? <laughs> yeah, fair point. I mean, if we yeah. start applying that standard. Yeah. Mexico has some of the highest obesity rates in the world. Uh, they fucking love Coca-Cola and high-calorie food. Although, anyway, talking of degenerate hellholes, in San Francisco, a man... Uh, died recently, and the, I believe there's court cases or something going on. I saw it on the BBC because he was a man, a submissive partner in a polyamorous relationship who played as a human puppy, and his master uh, made him inject silicone into his balls. <laughs> so I think we could maybe just move on to. All of America as hellholes and be done with it. What do you think about like, that one, Prince? Prince appears to be on the brink of breakdown. I'm that. not really... I don't understand this whole puppy play thing. I mean, that. forget that. We're moving on to injecting silicone <laughs> into the scrotum. Listeners, Google it. Silicon scrotum, I'll lead you right there. <laughs> that brings us to a close this week, listener. But before we outro for your listening pleasure, we'll get one final update on the Prince's Triple N experience. That's right, Ken. By the time the listeners are listening to this, I will have successfully completed No Not November. So I guess to... Um, and it'll be a topic of which I will never speak again after this show, I can guarantee you that. Are you seeing The Matrix yet, Prince? Um, not quite, but what I will say is that um, my I've taken like a quarter of a second off my 60-yard dash. <laughs> I mean, obviously my deadlift was near tripled. We were all expecting that. Yeah. We've been staring <laughs> at you in the street. Constantly. It's become a huge uh, infuriation. Um, what else? Oh, yeah, I'm actually now... So I started November um, 5'10", and I'm now a proud six-foot-two man. Yeah, well-deserved. So does that. What else? Uh, oof. Oh, yeah, reoccurring dreams about um, retaking Constantinople, just all the stuff that you would expect. <laughs> <laughs> but no, uh, yeah, it has been good. More energy, less wasted time. I would highly recommend anyone to do the same thing obviously doesn't have to be in november the main and most important thing obviously not to do is to not watch pornography because it's extremely bad for you even if you don't think it's morally bad all the science is coming out and saying that in terms of abusing your dopamine receptors and all and all the like it's extremely bad for you and not something you should do ideally ever and certainly not on a regular basis that's definitely a message i would co-sign having done no not november so, um, yeah, I would encourage you all to once again follow the infallible example of the Geordie Prince. <laughs> You're welcome. Talking of infallible examples, I took the liberty of checking on Roy's progress. We spoke last week about how he'd failed No Nut November. Turns out... What? Yes, but it turned out that was just a joke. And oh. he hadn't, of course, failed it, and he's finding it easy, and it's no problem for him. Cool. I will say, uh, having memed about Roy's hilarious troll tweets, it was a lot easier than I thought it was going to be. 
There was maybe we were on shaky ground, <laughs> early doors. But you had a few cold showers and thought of the Queen. <laughs> exactly, exactly. But uh, after uh, a few weeks in, it was just basically uh, communing with my spirit animal and all the rest of it yeah. from that point. Seeing round in. corners and that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So as I say, would thoroughly endorse. Absolutely glorious. Do you want to shill your Twitter handle to say goodbye, Mr. Prince? Yes, if you'd uh, like to... Um, not, not with me. <laughs> the Prince of Purity. <laughs> Follow the Prince of Purity on Twitter. At HRHGEORDIEP. That's at HRHGEORDIEP. Many, many thanks. Dr. P Money. You can catch me on Twitter at Dr. P Money. Mr. Crypto Beak. At Crypto underscore Beak. Fuck you, Mike. <laughs> You can follow Bitcoin Buble on Twitter at Bitcoin underscore Buble. He'll be back in the studio next week, we hope. I am your host, CryptoCan. Follow me at CryptoCanCan. One final Twitter handle for you. It's the Crypto Weekly podcast as a whole, at Crypto Weekly Pod. We have been Crypto Weekly. You have listened. You're welcome. Good night.